Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Well, hey, PCC, welcome to the very last day of May. And let me say from the start, I am looking forward to us being together after our gathering today for our stakeholder summit, our annual stakeholder summit. It's a really important one. And it's the first one we're going to make history on Zoom. And so uh, we're going to approve a budget and talk that through. We're going to approve future leaders of the church uh, for our leadership team. You're going to hear about uh, great initiatives and plans coming up for our future, especially as we're sheltering in place. Uh, we can have updates and take some Q&A about what we look like coming into the future through the summer and beyond. I am so thankful, so thankful for this church, and I am so thankful for you and I walking through this together. I'm thankful for our staff, and I'm really thankful for our time together in the Word, in this series called Imagine. So let's pray together to this God who wants to equip us with plans and purposes that would blow us away beyond our imagination. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you again that uh, you've created the means for us to settle our hearts, to dig in your word. And Lord, I believe to be equipped to walk in your will. You said in your word, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, you have in store for those of us who love you. So we're here, Lord, we want you to use our one and only life for your glory, for the expansion of your kingdom. Bless this time, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, so come back with me to 2004, and we were uh, up on Jefferson Boulevard and uh, or Avenue, I don't know what it is, but we were at a backyard of a house overlooking the city, we being me and the council at the time, the leadership community and some of our lead staff, and we were praying over our city because we were at a crossroads in 2004, asking God, Lord, what do you want us to do by way of ministry in this city? And I'll never forget, it was, it, was a, it was a groundbreaking or ministry marking moment as we were praying over the city and had this sense from God, what would happen in this city if PCC disappeared? That led to a discussion. Someone asked the question and the leadership was discussing that. And sadly, we came to the conclusion if PCC disappeared, the reality is, I don't know if the city would miss us. People would find a different church. People would find a different fitness community. People would find a different preschool. People would find different after-school care. We had a deep conviction that day that God had called us to this church at this point, a church that was started on the axiom, go to the people, that God was calling us in a new way in 2004 to go to the people. And it all started at that prayer meeting. Here's the good news, everybody. If you identify as a follower of Jesus, we get this heavenly father, a heavenly father, an intimate relationship with the God of the universe who is the best communicator in the universe. And here's the deal. We have this heavenly father who knows and not only knows, but desires for us to know what he knows about our lives and our futures. Did you track that? He wants us in on what his 
unimaginable plan is for our life. Not always an easy plan, mostly not an easy plan, but a significant plan for our one and only life. And sometimes it's very easy to be let in on that. I remember the time I got a call about, well, about 20 years ago from a former kid in a youth group who said, I'm getting married. I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, I want you to marry me. And we had lost touch. And I'm like, great. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm like, uh, give me some details. I need to pray about that. And he said, well, here's the first thing you need to know. I'm getting married in Kauai. And we need to fly you and your wife out for a week to experience Kauai with us. I'm like, wow, God just answered my prayers. Awesome. This must be God's will for my life. <laughs> Sometimes it's really easy, okay? Sometimes it's not so easy. It's always mysterious, right? But today, I actually want to unpack, we've told you about this for three weeks, I want to unpack this biblical framework we're calling the fourfold leadings of Jesus. And it's in the resource section. You can download a PDF version. As a matter of fact, that's going to be your homework. Download it so that you can work through this for the rest of our series. The rest of our series is actually a deep dive into each one of those leadings. Today, we're going to go over the surface and do an overview. Are you ready? Here's the first, the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. These are, these are four ways God wants to guide you into his will. And think of these like a Venn diagram with four circles. And at the, at the center of that is the will of God. Here's the first, the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 13 to 14, Jesus was getting ready to get crucified in the upper room. And he said, when the spirit of truth comes, listen to this, everybody. He will guide you into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. Listen to this. Jesus said, he will tell you about the future. He will bring glory to me by telling you whatever he receives from me. Think about it. Did you know you have a superpower inside you? It's true. Turn to someone right now if you're in a room with people and go, I have a superpower. It's amazing. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. You receive what one pastor called the prize inside. Maybe you've heard God loves you. That's true. Maybe you've heard God's for you. That is so true. But perhaps you've never heard. You ready? If you're a Christian, God is actually living inside of you and has a direct line to the throne room of heaven to guide you and empower you to walk in the will of God. And this isn't just a New Testament thing. Uh, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is all over. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about this next week. From the second verse of the Bible to almost the last verse of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. In Psalm 143, verse 10, it says this, David prayed, Teach me to do your will. Oh God, it's a prayer of this whole series. For you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. That'd be a great verse to memorize. You know, my daughters, uh, my middle ones, as teenagers, before they could drive, would babysit. And I'd have to go pick them up. And I wouldn't know where the house was we were babysitting. And they taught me this. They said, I'll drop a pin on your GPS and they sent me via text a pin and I pushed the button and all of a sudden on my GPS it would direct me right right to the exact location where they were babysitting. 
That's kind of like what the Holy Spirit is within us. God drops a pin in us to direct us to the future. And unlike the GPS, the pin, the Holy Spirit in us, empowers us to get there. Next week, we're going to take a deep dive on how God guides through his spirit. But that's the first leading of Jesus, the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to ask for that because if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He was deposited in you when you receive Christ. He's the prize inside. But it's a matter of listening to his voice and being filled with and walking in step with him. But there's a second leading, and it's this, the external leading of circumstances. We have the internal leading of the Holy Spirit, one of the circles of the Venn diagram, the external leading of circumstances. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, We can make our plans, but God determines our steps. We can make our plans, but God determines our steps. Has not this pandemic taught us this? I mean, think about the plans you had on February 1st for this year and how many of those have been completely sidetracked by a pandemic. God sometimes uses circumstances. Uh, David in the Old Testament, he had mighty men that he surrounded himself with. We studied that this fall. And most of them were great warriors, but there was a, a group of people around him that their sole purpose was to scan the circumstances and prophetically speak into David's life. You'll find that in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says this, From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. Now listen to this. All these men understood Listen to how it's rephrased. The signs of the times. The signs of the endless times. And they knew the best course for Israel to take. The signs of the times. You see road signs all the time. The point of the sign is never the sign. The point of the sign is what the sign is pointing to. Right? And so the reality was these men around David would look at the circumstances and say, here's what we believe God is leading us to in light of the circumstances. I've actually been praying that we would have an Issachar spirit as a church during these times. That we wouldn't, in the words of some of my friends and historical figures too, I've heard this time and time again, we wouldn't waste a good crisis that we would actually look at the signs of these times and navigate how to go and how to move. Today at our Stakeholder Summit, you'll learn about some of the ways we're doing that. And I look back at these last couple months, it's been amazing to me how you as a church have pivoted because of the times. But as we were knocking on doors, our middle school pastor at the time, his name was Mike Wilton. He's an amazing middle school uh, youth pastor now disguised as a math teacher. Shout out to you, Mike. Uh, he knocked on uh, the middle school called Kennedy Middle School. And that principal who was not uh, identified, he did not identify as a follower of Jesus. He said, you know what? Uh, I actually have one family that won't experience Christmas. Can you provide Christmas for one family? And the door was open. God had opened in the schools just a little crack 
My daughter was in middle school at that time, and she went with Mike to provide Christmas for that family. She said, Dad, they lived. Uh, it was such a great eye-opening experience. They lived, this is my terminology now, in such an under-resourced part of the city. We couldn't even fit the Christmas tree in their living unit. That opened my daughter's eyes and others' eyes, and it opened our church to the needs of our city. So, have you forgotten the first two? The internal leading of the Holy Spirit. The external leading of circumstances. Now, the third circle in here, the communal leading of your faith community. This is really important. The communal leading of your faith community. Proverbs 13, 20, you know what it says? Walk with the wise and become wise. Or the way we say it around here, and you can take this to the bank. I don't care how old you are watching this. If you're a teenager, a 20-something, a 30-something, a 50-something, 80-something, this axiom never expires. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I believe this is why in the Gospels, as Jesus called his closest followers, he kept them in community the whole time. It was a reflection of the Trinity. Before there was time, before there were people like you and me, there was the Trinity existing in perfect, mutually submissive community. And we were created out of that. And we were created to live in that. It's true, PCC. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. Groups matter where you can be, uh, as it was said of Adam and Eve in the garden, naked and unashamed. Not just physically naked, but emotionally naked, relationally naked, intellectually naked, where you can be unashamed. That's the, that's the, the hotbed for growth. And it's a place where your major decisions should be made. So Jesus knew this, and he kept his men alone. Do you know there's only two times in the Gospels when the disciples were not alone? The apostles of Jesus were not alone. In both of them, when one of them was isolated, both of them are the two most heinous acts of treason in all the Gospels. Judas was alone when he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Peter was alone when he betrayed Jesus within his own hearing. Almost every decision of any weight should be brought to your community. I want you to take a few minutes, uh, not a few minutes, we don't have that much time, take 90 seconds and discuss this point. Let me ask you to think about, or if you're in a room, discuss this. Who would you go to? Who do you trust that has spiritual insight to bring major decisions to. What priority do you place on community? It's a really important question. Take 90 seconds and think it through or discuss it. Ready, go.
So we're talking about the fourfold leadings of Jesus, and we're looking at it like a Venn diagram, right? We have the uh, first one, which is the internal leading of the Holy Spirit, and the external leading of circumstances. We have the communal leading of your, your faith community. And the last one is this, the biblical leading of the Word of God. The biblical leading of the Word of God. This is important, everyone. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Uh, for someone who uh, did a lot of trail running and did a lot of trail running at night or in the morning, just adds a little flair to the trail running, I would never do it without a headlamp because the headlamp would light up the path before me. The psalmist said, you know what, God, your word is like my headlamp for life. Think about it. Remember in the Gospels when Jesus spent 40 days, he gets baptized. Uh, the Trinity is fully there. God speaks from heaven. A dove flies down in the form of the Holy Spirit. And it's an amazing experience. His, his ministry is launched. He goes right in the desert. And his circumstances are betraying what God said. Satan is trying to deceive him with what God says. And the ultimate, as Jesus is wrestling in battle with them both, what does he use to determine God's will? He accesses the word of God. And three times he says to Satan, no, 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 no. That's not God's will. It's written. It's written. It's written. And he does it. We say it around here this way. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God to do the work of God. I want you to listen to this next phrase because it is so important. God speaks primarily through His Word. Not exclusively through His Word, but primarily through His Word. Scripture talks about God speaking through creation. God can speak through people. We talked about God can speak through circumstances. But primarily, He speaks through His Word. And He will never speak contrary to His Word. Ever. I was at a conference uh, about a decade ago, ministering, and someone made an appointment with me, and they said, um, hey, I want you to tell you my story. I got married really young, and we were both Christians out of a Christian college, and, and now I found my true love, and God's calling me to leave my wife and family because he wants me to be happy, right? I couldn't believe what he was saying. And I turned to this person, and I feel like prompted by the Holy Spirit. I said, God's telling you that? He said, oh, I'm sure God's telling me that. And I said, well, then God's wrong. And he looked at me, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, bro, it says clearly here, marriage is a covenant between you and God. It says clearly here, you to be faithful to that spouse. There's no way God would tell you to step out of that marriage. No way, when it says clearly in his word, that you're to be in that marriage. See, God will always speak primarily through his word. We'll take a whole week talking about that. But I want to say this, and I want you to hear me. If you want God to speak to you, I, I am going to tell you my experience honestly. The God of the universe, everybody, he speaks to me every single day. I'm not kidding you. Because here's my practice. And you know this. I've said this before. I, someone challenged me to commit my first 1% of my day to God, to praying, to opening his word. And it's grown beyond 1%, but I am blown away as I sit in my place and commune with God that the God who spoke the world into existence 
takes his word and speaks to little old Gary. If you want God to speak to you, he'll do that every moment, every day that you want when you open his word and say, God, speak. I am not kidding you. And if I had more time, I would tell you the crazy way that my day began with a truth of scripture that the Holy Spirit illuminated. And I took it into my day. And at the end of the day, I'm like, ah, now I know why you spoke that into my life. God's amazing that way. If you're not in the practice of starting in the word, please hit the resource button. Get beyond Sunday. There's scripture to take you through the week. God will speak to you right now when you open the word. He is speaking to you right now through his word. So in conclusion, I want you to know this is not a science. This is more of a dance. We have these four Venn, uh, four leadings of Jesus, like a Venn diagram, the internal leading of the Holy Spirit, the external leading of circumstances, the communal leading of your faith community, and the biblical leading of the word of God. It's not a science. It's more of a dance with the God of the universe that he will use this to draw you into uh, intimacy with him so that you can become more like him. And here's what he does, friends. He gives you his will one step at a time. When you walk in obedience with what's known, God will unveil what's yet to be seen as you take each step of the way. And that's been our experience as a church. Back in 2004, our first step was to pray. We got convicted. We took the next step and knocked on doors. Tons of doors were closed, but one door cracked open at Kennedy Middle School. We walked through in obedience. And then about a month later, that principal called us and said, I need a washer and dryer. And it's outside my budget. Can PCC help with that? We said, absolutely, and provided a washer and dryer. And then we had this wild idea. Before this was cool, we thought, what if we did, because Extreme Home Makeover was the rage on TV, that ABC show. We said, what if we did that for a school? There was a lot of controversy around here about doing Extreme Home Makeover at a school. But we came to the principal, and I'll never forget, he said, uh, okay. And we went in for a weekend, and the principal and the teachers gave us a wish list, and we renovated for the weekend the school. And I'll never forget, from that point, the school board heard about it, and they brought us in and gave us a thank you. And then another school called and said, hey, would you do this at our school in our district? And we did it. And then in 2008, just taking a step at a time, the recession hit, and the schools cut PE. And we came to the schools. We said, hey, you know what? We're in the sports business. we got a community center. We'd be willing to teach PE if you want. They took a risk on us based on the credibility of about three years of doing these extreme makeovers on the campus. And you know what happened? We taught PE at one school and then they gave us more schools and then the director of our community center had this grand vision of PE plus and brought it to a whole new level. And a local foundation gave us the funding to where today we are the primary PE provider. Five days a week when schools are in session teaching PE on school campuses. It's amazing, it's a thrill ride. It's the most, uh, it's just a wonderful ministry. And it all goes back to a prayer meeting overlooking the city, asking and answering the question, what would happen if PCC ceased to exist? We branched out from that with literacy programs and feeding programs and what have you. We didn't know back then that's what God was calling us to. 
We just took the next step of obedience. So in application and conclusion, three things. Here's the first. As you look at your life, is there any area of your life where you could say to Jesus, I trust you with this. I don't know that I've ever given you full reign in showing me your will for this life. It could be your financial area, it could be a relational area, it could be a career area, it could be uh, move, don't move, it could be an area of character. But can you bring in specific area of your life and ask God, speak to me in this area? And then when you download from the resource page that PDF of the fourfold leadings of Jesus, and begin to apply those fourfold leadings to that specific area. Third, would you join us this summer as together we're praying, I need you to pray uh, on the daily. God, would you guide us as a church? What are we to look like as we walk through and come out of this COVID-19 crisis? Friends, next week I'll be back and we're gonna talk and take a deep dive on that first of those leadings and that is the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you, I'll see you next week. Father, thank you so much that you have not left us here as orphans. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a lifeline to your throne and a power source to your throne so we can live significantly. Lord, we open ourselves up in these coming weeks. Show us individually and show us corporately how to walk in your will. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say it out loud, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.